Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. We are continuing our talk about judging and judgment and just kind of refresh everybody's mind a little bit. We realize that everybody judges a lot of different things. You, When you vote, you make a judgment. You say, I, I judge this candidate is going to be the one that represents me better than that one. I, I think this candidate's going to be a better one than that one. So we make judgments about that. You go to the grocery store and you make a judgment. You say, I, I think I'm going to buy that piece of meat instead of that one. I'm going to buy that loaf of bread instead of that one. So we're making judgments all the time. We're not talking about that you can never judge anything. Is, is, is it better or worse or whatever? But as we're talking judgment here and as, as God's talking judgment in the Bible, we can't judge other people. We can't judge their salvation we can't judge whether they're a good Christian or not. We can't make those kind of judgments. And usually as we're making those kind of judgments, not only are we not to do it, but we make it on bad information or impartial information. Or, or lack of understanding. Right. I mean, but I mean, we can make judgments about people and never have any, not have the full thing, not fully realizing what is happening. And so we make judgments on on bad information all the time. Then we make judgments that are not right based on how we grew up. That's just the way it was when we grew up. And that's the way our parents always said it or did it. That's the way it's got to be. That's the way our church always believed. That's the way it's got to be. That's how my grandpa told us. That's how it's got to be. So that's how it's got. I mean, we make judgments based on just what we've always heard. And, the Bible talks about the traditions of men and, and how that's just the way it's always been and the way we always heard it. And so we start to think that that's biblical, that, that somehow there are biblical clothes that you would wear to church. There's, there's oh, yeah. your, your Sunday best, clothes. right? You got your Sunday best, you got your church clothes and there's clothes you would wear to church. And then there's, there's clothes that if you wore those to church, that would that would prove that you you weren't a real Christian. And we talked last time about working on Sunday, and I told you how um, the, after my wife and I got married, one of my first jobs I had to work on Sundays. Um, I was one of the assistant pros at a golf course, and the golf course is open on the weekend. That was one of its biggest days, and I had to work on Sundays. That's just the way it was. And you would, I would run into Christians that would say, you know, a real Christian would never work on like, Sunday. Like, man, you're going right to hell. You yeah, know I mean, it's just straight. Save, so. Don't pass go. Don't collect the right. bucks. You're just going straight. Yeah, you know, working and, on the Sabbath. And so, you know, there are still Christians, I think, out there that think you can't work on Sunday because a real Christian wouldn't work on Sunday. Now, I guess when they then go to the restaurant after church, they know people have to work on Sunday in order for them to be able to go there. I guess they don't see the hypocrisy in 
forcing somebody else to work. Man, Kentucky Fried Chicken better not open on the weekend. But see what a lot they of Christians gonna burn this whole <laughs> nation now. So you know we love to get some chicken after church service. Right. And so there, we expect other people to work, but we say we wouldn't. So I think what some Christians do even in that is, well, see, those people that are working, they're not good Christians anyway, or else they wouldn't be working. So it doesn't matter if they're working. See, because a real Christian, a good Christian, wouldn't work on Sunday. And the fact that they're working on Sunday proves they're not a good Christian. So it doesn't matter if they work on Sunday or not. But me being a good Christian, me being a real Christian, a real good Christian. I, I would never, ever work on Sunday. And that's the proof of how good I am as a Christian. No, you I would just never proved work. how lack of understanding you have. And speaking of that, look what Jesus said in Matthew 7, 1. Judge not that you be not judged. Yeah, but we like to miss that one. Now, look what People he said, skip it, over that verse. No, no, well, he, he elaborated in verse 2. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, the same measuring stick you use, is going to be measured back to you. Then he went to elaborate a little more. Jesus was a master elaborator. Look what he said, verse 3. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye? Why are you getting down on Richard for working on Sunday, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, brother Rich, and look at the plank in your own eye? He says, hypocrite. Uh-oh. He called the one who judges a hypocrite. He said, first remove the plank from your own eye, uh-oh, that then you will see clearly to remove the plank from your brother's eye. So he says, okay, you obviously ain't seeing clearly because I commanded you guys not to judge other. He just said in Romans, receive one who is weak in the faith. If he's weak, you don't go to judge him. You Actually, if you think you have some understanding or a greater revelation on a subject, enlighten me. That's what Jesus did. He would enlighten you on it. And that's what he wants us to do. You who are spiritual, enlightened, well, go back and strengthen the brethren. Isn't it ironic that it's much easier for us to see the speck in our brother's eye oh, than yeah. it is well, to see well, the plank right. in our own, right? right see, because right, right. I'm good. I'm 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 fine. I, yeah, I don't. You're a good Christian. Yeah, I'm I'm a real Christian. I'm a good Christian. I'm a real good Christian, and so I don't really have any problems. But that guy over there, boy, <laughs> and how easy it is for people to sit in church and think, man, I sure hope sister so and so's listening to this one. Right. I sure hope brother so-and-so heard that because, man, they really need to work on that. They really need to get that. Man, I sure hope they got that message. And to never apply it to ourselves, to never think about ourselves. It is so easy for us. This is why the Bible talks about judging all the time. You know, we, we're looking at Romans 14 here when he talks about do not judge another man's servant. And who are you to judge someone else's servant? And then we were looking at Colossians, and he talks about judging. And you think about Galatians, where he says, who has bewitched you? Why, after starting the Spirit, do you want to go back to the law? And how easy it is for us to go back to the law. How easy it is for us to say, thou shalt and thou shalt not. And to want to follow the law and look down on anybody that doesn't follow it exactly the way that we do. There are a lot of Christians that think, man, anybody who drinks real wine for communion has got to be a sinner or else they wouldn't be drinking real wine. Then there are people that drink real wine and look down on people that are drinking juice. Oh, a real Christian would only drink wine. They wouldn't drink juice. And some people actually make communion bread. And so they're a real Christian compared to somebody that just goes and buys a wafer somewhere. Mm-hmm. There, 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 are, 
There are so many ways that we look at each other and make judgments about each other and about different things that are completely disputable and yet we want to hang our hat on them and say this is the way it is. This is how a good Christian does it. This is how a real Christian does it. This is how a real believer does it. And make judgments about each other that he says that we should never make. Amen. Uh Uh-oh. John chapter 7. This is Jesus again. Look what happens. Verse 18. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Verse 19. This is Jesus speaking. He said, Did not Moses give you the law? Yet none of you keep the law. None of you keeps the law. Why do you seek to kill me? The people answered and said, you have a demon. They told Jesus, you have a demon. Well, because they had no understanding. You have a demon. Who is seeking to kill you? Jesus answered and said to them, I did one work and you all marvel. Moses therefore gave you circumcision, not that it is from Moses, but from the father's. And you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses should not be broken, are you angry with me because I made a man completely well on the Sabbath? Verse 24. Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. So you could circumcise somebody on the Sabbath and they thought that was okay. Right. But if you healed somebody on the Sabbath, that was a sin. That was a sin. So how, so how did that come about? By the traditions of men. Yeah, it came down from Moses. They said, okay, it's okay to do this. But remember, you have to circumcise by the eighth day. Right. Uh-oh. But I mean, it was the tradition. When you think about it, God said that you were to rest on the Sabbath. Now, being good human beings that we are, we then had to determine what is rest, right. what is work. How can you do these things? And the, the Jewish people had a list of things that they could not do on the Sabbath. That you know was, what? I was invited by a Jewish congregation here where we live in Chico. to. Um, they wanted to honor me for my efforts in the community. And um, they was having their service. And it was close to, I believe, 6 o'clock. And the rabbi couldn't light the candle for their service because the time on the clock was getting skinny. So... They asked me if I could do it. <laughs> oh, she's going to make me sin. Okay, now that I see it, she's going to make me sin. But she understood that I was free. Oh, she must have understood that I was free in Christ and I was free to do it. But her religion, she was so steeped in it, she couldn't do that. The rabbi couldn't light it because she would be breaking the law. So she asked me, would I mind lighting this candle because the clock is getting skinny on her and the Sabbath's almost kicking in. And I looked at my wife and, and I kind of giggled and said, praise the Lord that I'm free indeed. Right. I, I, can, I can do this without no condemnation. And God still loves me the but same. See, and here's the thing, though, that we can't puff ourselves up too much as Protestants is that we do the same kind of thing. Well, yes, we do. Because, again, know, I, and I, didn't, I didn't sit there and judge her because of that. I didn't get on. A, well, girl, come on. You can do this. Right. No, no, I didn't do that. I respected what she believed. And See, because I, who are we to judge another man's Right, servant? right. I didn't sit there and judge it. I See, just thought, if God thinks that's all right with her, then it's all right. And if he well, doesn't, then well, it doesn't matter what you and I would think. Right, right, right. Well, obviously, he's okay with it because he, he's 
she's still doing it. And again, this particular uh, Jewish person hasn't received Jesus as Lord and Savior. So, and I believe when you haven't received Jesus as Lord and Savior, when I say that, receive the redemptive works that happened on Calvary, you're not free. Because Jesus well, right. said, Jesus said I, am, uh, I am the door. I am the truth, the right. way, and he, the life. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And how you get free is receiving Jesus and receiving everything that he The truth shall set you free. Right. When you have to realize is the truth is actually a person. Jesus is the truth. He's the truth. He's the way and he's the life. And he's the only meet the only mediator between God and man. Right. When so we you can't him, have, we have freedom. All these things. Yeah. If you don't receive him, you're still in bondage. Now, what we have to be careful of. And then we were talking about this just before we came on the air is in Galatians when he says to them, who has bewitched you? Why, after starting with the spirit, do you want to go back to the law? How easy it is for us as Christians to come to the idea that, yes, I cannot save myself. Yes, I cannot do enough good works. I'm going to go completely by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And then once we're saved by grace, to think that we can only keep grace by doing certain works, by doing certain things. So now I'm saved by grace. So now I have to follow the Ten Commandments. Now I have to follow the law. No, 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 well, no, no. Well, and again, I use that with Sunday services. You can be saved and and don't attend Sunday services regular, you're still righteous. Now, you're just not going to get all the benefits from being under the anointed, anointed teachings of a man or woman of God that God's called you to be under that ministry or to shepherd you. You're missing out on the benefits. And you're missing out on the fellowship. Right. You're missing out a lot. But yeah, yeah. But you're still, God still loves you the same. Right. He don't, oh, I don't like Richard no more because he, he attends when he wants to. No, God still loves you. And how easy it is for us as as regular churchgoers to look down that. on those that aren't regular churchgoers. Mm -hmm. You know, I must be a better Christian than them because I go every week. And I only miss two weeks a year. Oh, and so they must not be as good a Christian as I am. Mm -hmm. And and how how judgment and pride in ourselves. because I think earlier when you were reading one of the scriptures about false humility is that we think we're good mm -hmm. and we think we're being humble, but really what we're doing is exalting ourselves. We're, we're saying I'm, I'm a better Christian than you because I go to church every week. I'm a better Christian than you because I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a dress and boy, look at those pants. See, in that false humility, that's where you get arrogance at. Right. That's what Satan, that's, pride. What, that's how Satan feels. This is why pride is so terrible. Right. In pride, Satan failed because he says, I, I will exalt myself. Right. I have a wonderful voice. I shall be like the Most High. And God said, okay, you're going to get your butt cast right out of heaven. And remember, I'm going to take somebody with me then. And he's still trying to do that today. Take as many people on that road to destruction with him. And his final destination is eternity, what the Bible refers to as hell. But, but pride creeps into us in so many things. I, I, I. And that's when we really start to judge other people. Well, I believe. I right. believe. I believe that this is the way it should be. Right. I believe that a real Christian will do this. I believe that a real Christian won't do that. And then we begin to judge other people as soon as we get well, into that that's place. why he summed it up with this. Verse 24, John 7, 24. Do not judge according to the appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Righteous, ju righteous judgment means you, you have understanding of the truth of God's word. So you're going to judge. You, he says, let us come and reason together. We want to reason within the context of the truth of God's word, not what we just believe concerning 
our past experiences, our environment, those who are authority figures in our life that gave us a lot of stinking thinking. You got a lot of people just believing that. And that was the lie that grew up in you. Cause the All devil, kinds of things. The devil knows the parable of the sword, too. He knows the sword, sword, the word. So he didn't sold some lies see, and, in you, and you now believe it. And you see this in, like, racism. Yeah. Because Hatred. You, you learned you as learned a that. kid. Oh, these people are inferior to us. Yes, the, we're, the superior, we're the superior race. Yeah, you learn that from... Your environment, and we learn authority that, figures. And we learn that not just in race, but we learn that in socioeconomic class. Yes. All those poor people aren't as good as us. Right. That person's not so as good as us. So now you got to, when you get saved, you got to get the truth now. Jesus says, I am the truth. And Jesus is the living word of God. You get the word of God on the situation, the circumstance, the issue, and let that be true. And then let everything else be a lie. And if it don't line up with the word of God, that, that means you're reasoning together. You're in agreement with God. If it ain't lining up with the truth, then you need to do what the scripture says, cast that that thought down. And it doesn't matter who taught you that. Your right, grandpa, right. your grandma, your well, mom, your dad, well, 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 whoever. You, like Jesus said, every plant that my heavenly father has planted shall be uprooted. He wants you to uproot that belief. I call it stinking thinking. You need to go back now. To, to the root and go back and find out how, how this seed get planted in me because it didn't grow up into a tree now because that's all you believe. It's a big tree. Now you got to go root that thing out and, and then install a new seed, which is the word of God, the new incorruptible seed, the word of God. Install that truth into your spirit. Start meditating on that. Let that grow up. Remember, let God be true. And every man be alive. Right. It doesn't matter who told you that. Don't matter it doesn't who matter told you. how many people Mama, told no, you that. Like the example we use about the roast. Well, not that wasn't told. That was told and showed. Well, honey, you cut the end off before you put it in the pot. That's probably all she said. Don't forget to cut that end off before you put it in the pot. She never asked why until, you know, a couple generations later. <laughs> why we do this? Her husband said, honey, why you do this? You know, we, we, we got good paying jobs. We got nice cookery. Why you cutting the end off? Well, I don't know. Mama always did it. Right. Mama never told me why. She just did it. Just like with racism. Well, mama never told me why not to like this certain group. They just told me don't like them. And I believe my authority figure, and I just don't like them people. I don't know why I really don't like them. <laughs> and, it, and it's not just race. It can be socioeconomic class. Like I said, those, right. those people are on the wrong side of the tracks. Just cause that's the wrong, what's wrong with that? Well, that's my friend. He in my class wrong. Where he live? Yeah. Oh, that's the wrong side of the right. track. You, you don't want to associate with them. You know, and they we have in that in our town, you know. Yeah, we got it. Chapman Town. Every city has one. Right? Yeah. And um, it is just amazing how people think, well, if you live in that area, you must be better. You know, like at the country club or where. If you live in that area, you, you must, must be, be worse. worse. Thinking, and, thinking. And that doesn't where you live doesn't have anything to do with what kind of person you are. Because here's the deal. God so loved the world. He loves the whole See, humanity. and it's easy for Americans to think, well, God must love Americans better than he loves Mexicans. I think he loves Republicans or, better. Well, um, or, of course. And it can be politics, right? I mean, no, he loves Democrats better. Real Christians are all Democrats. Right. Real, Real Christians, Christians vote Republicans. Are all Republicans. We, everybody know that. I was at a meeting the other night, and the guy mentioned something like that, kind of threw, threw the meeting off. But, again, we, we are all are subject to, to personal development. Be getting greater revelation of the word of God because you know we're, of course we're not going to agree with everybody 100% but we can always increase in knowledge and we're going to believe some things 
that may not be true. We just believe them because they've been installed in us previous in our upbringing, you know, through whatever our environment, you know, our teachers, role models, authority figures. And again, then we get saved. We come into the truth and God says, okay, my thoughts aren't your thoughts. Meaning my thinking ain't like your thinking. My thinking is way up here. So I, now I want you to come up to, I'm thinking, and I'm going to do that through my word. I'm going to give you a book, a manual, an owner's manual, and I don't want you just to read it. I want you to study it to show yourself approved. A workman who need not be ashamed. Remember, he, he said, because I tell people all the time, there's a difference from reading and studying. Studying means. Well, I, I tell people all the time, I read my Bible, but then I also study. Yeah, my I, Bible. I study. Because I, I study now, I'm looking up, I'm getting definitions of words. You're looking you know? from one book to the next. Yeah, right. I, I said that's Comparing how they compare to each other. And you see how I study the Bible. I, I rightly divide the word of truth. And again, that's how you study. So when you study something, you know it, you have a little more in-depth understanding of it because you study it. And that's what God says, study me. Come and spend time in fellowship with me. And I'm going to reveal the deep things, some deep things to you. I'm going to set you, and it's going to set you free. And that's what people need to be is free. And, and again, that's what we were talking about judging. When you're constantly judging people, you're not free because they're my fault. The Republicans are my fault, man. The black people, they're, they're my fault. Yeah, no, they're no, the you're, reason why I'm like no, this. No, no, no. You're the reason they're you're holding, like that. You know, and, and yeah, they're holding you know, me we back. talked about earlier or maybe it was yesterday's show talking about the rich and the poor. There are a lot of people who think the reason why I'm poor is because Bill Gates has got billions. Right. Or the reason why I'm poor is because Warren Buffett's got well, well, billions. Well, the reason I'm doing so bad because they got all these they got guys all got the money. money. Well, well, they're, they're still printing it every day. So you need to change how you think. But I mean, how think. easy it is to judge other people and, to, and to, to blame other people for where we're at or what's happening. Um, there's just so many things like that that my daughters, I was born in 1958. And every once in a while, my daughters will be talking about something. They'll go, you realize when you were born, black people couldn't go to certain restaurants. They couldn't drink out of certain fountains. They couldn't. They were supposed to ride in the back of the bus. Mm-hmm. They're going, when you were alive, right. that's the way it was. Right, right. And, you know, for generations, that's just what people were taught, that that's just the way that it should be. That right. was that was right. And it's not just on that, not just in in race, but in all kinds of things. It's just the way I know people that grew up in the 50s and 60s and their parents taught them, you don't go to the movies if you're a real Christian. You don't play cards if you're a real Christian. You don't go to dances if you're a real Christian. You definitely don't listen to that rock and roll. Oh, man. Elvis. Elvis. Elvis, Elvis. he brought the devil. Right, Right. he brought the devil. Boy, the stuff they got out here now make Elvis look like a choir boy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) The stuff they got out in in my day. Well, you you look at a picture of the Beatles today and the haircuts the Beatles had, and you're like, Uh, what was everybody so upset with the Beatles about? And that shows you how you were, what the scripture says, appearance you know false humility but the your authority figure told you hey that's evil right there those guys weren't evil it was just you just didn't have any understanding the late 60s you know guys wore their hair as long as girls did you know well you just knew that if a guy was wearing his hair like that he couldn't be a real christian right right. he's a punk he's some kind (laughs) of bad person right right and styles change Things change, and yet we tend to think that the way it was when I grew up, that's the real way a real person would be. That's the way a real Christian would do it. 
and you just well can't again change. we always use the example back with Jesus with the tax collector you know he, uh, Nicodemus I, I'm gonna have dinner with you tonight Zacchaeus uh, Mary Magdalene you know seven demons prostitute Jesus hung out with the religious people saw something wrong with that but see well, their tradition in their tradition what they was taught Oh, you don't associate with those guys, man. Oh, yeah, those man. people are bad. Yeah, those people are bad. We, we're the religious people. We know God. Well, ha- I know that I've talked to people, and you probably have too. You talk to them about the Great Commission, they'll say, I don't know anybody that's not a Christian. Mm. Number one, that's not true probably because you go to the grocery store and everybody there isn't a Christian. You go to places and everybody there. But you know what? If that is true, you got to break out of your bubble because Jesus didn't just hang out with good Christian folk. He went around to sinners. He spoke to sinners. He hung out with sinners and, uh, and all the, the time. And that's what he was doing. He was inviting everybody to the banquet, to the wedding, fe- to the feast. He was saying, okay, you guys are, come on in. And the religious people had a problem with that because they had not the knowledge. They didn't have understanding like they thought they did. They didn't, the truth was right in their face and they wouldn't even, re- they couldn't even see it. You know, because of the blinders, the, the Bible talks about the scales on their eyes. They couldn't see. They had sight, but but no vision. It just reminded me of something we were talking about before we came on the air. How people said, well, you can't go to dances because there's sinners there. You can't go to the movies because there's sinners there. Well, guess what? You can't go to the grocery store because there's sinners there. Right. You, better you not can't go- send your kids to school because there's sinners I'm there. Not, I'm definitely not going through checkout aisle three because I know she's a sinner. Right. And you can't <laughs> go to work because I can guarantee you there's sinners oh, where you sinners work. work. They don't say that. And so, see how you pick and choose? They don't say, uh, uh, well, you just better not go on Sundays. But you better not go to work because sinners there. Well, sinners everywhere. But we, ha- we as Christians have a mandate from God to go and, into the world. And, and, and the scripture says we're ministers of reconciliation. You know, God is speaking through us, asking people to be reconciled to God. He wants to use us. We are his ambassadors. Right. And, and the scripture we were looking at the other day, we are his ambassadors, and it is though Christ is he is speaking through, through us. us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. See, there are some things I would never speak to, for God about. Are you saved or somebody else saved? I would never speak to God for God about that. But we can tell people that God is reconciling people to himself through Jesus Christ. And we can speak for God that if you have faith in Jesus, he will pour out his grace and you will be saved. And He, we are his ambassadors to share that message with people. And it is though he's speaking through us because he actually is. Right, right. He is. Especially when we're, like it says in Colossians, when we're filled with the knowledge of the Lord's will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now he, he's going to work in and through us to reveal himself. He's going to reveal Christ in us, the hope of glory. We're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And we want to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. 
Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.